to the Anointed and Appointed podcast with your host, Nathan Gasford. Got a question for you, my friends. What does your story look like? We're here on Tuesday, November 1st, 2022. My friends, you know, it seems like lately the enemy's trying to write our story. From hearing death and sickness and disease whispered in our ear by people, you know, we could... When you hear that, you immediately just sense the death and destruction, you know, and for us to go back in that death trap would be ignorance and something that we cannot and will not do. You know, I don't know about you, but I would rather step over into glory than to live a life like that. So where I'm going with this today is I just need you to listen. Every single one of us has a story. Sometimes it's not looking the way that we want it to look like. Well, Instead of throwing in the towel, waving the white flag of surrender and saying, I'm done, how about we just turn the page? See, our story is going to be read by others, and the author has already finished our book. He is the author and the finish of our faith. Based upon Hebrews 12, 2, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and having sat down at the right hand of the throne of of God. You know, our story is great if we'll let him write it. See, the enemy, my friends, he would love to come in and put sickness and disease and torment somewhere in that story. Page after page of sickness and disease and fear Sometimes it seems like that is our story, like pages of defeat, pages of depression, not being good enough, pages of always getting it wrong, pages of addictions, pages and chapters of barely getting by, watching other people live their dreams, why ours seems like it's wasting away. My friends, I'm telling you, the author of your story, he did not make a mistake. If he is faithful to us, which he is, he will finish our story the right way. See, just because we might see some of these things in the story doesn't mean that it's going to end that way. You know, there is a next page, a next chapter, a next chapter. See, Jesus doesn't fail in your story and he won't let you fail either. See, think about this. We go through and we read the Bible and we're like, wow, when it comes to Jesus, we're like, wow, when it comes to the disciples. But let me tell you something. Peter thought that his story was great after he had met Jesus. Then there was a certain day that came that he wished that he could take back. See, Jesus said that you will deny me. Peter did not have it. He refused to accept that. But we know in Luke chapter 22, verses 54 through 62, uh, that's exactly what happened. It says the religious leaders seized Jesus and led him away, but Peter followed from a safe distance. They brought him to the home of the high priest where people were already gathered out in the courtyard. 
Someone had built a fire, so Peter inched closer and closer, sat down among them to stay warm. Now, a little girl noticed Peter sitting in the firelight, staring at him. She pointed him and said, this man is one of Jesus' disciples. Now, what did Peter do in that moment? Well, it says he flatly denied it, saying, what are you talking about, girl? I don't know him. A little while later, someone else spotted Peter and said, I recognize you. You're one of his. I know it, Peter, again. I'm not one of his disciples. That's two. About an hour later, someone else identified Peter and insisted that he was the disciple of Jesus, saying, look at him. He's from Galilee, just like Jesus. I know he is one of them. But Peter was adamant, listen, I don't know what you're talking about. Don't you understand? I don't even know him. Now it says, while the words were still in his mouth, the rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord, who was being led through the courtyard by his captors, turned around and gazed at Peter all at once. Peter remembered the words that Jesus had prophesied over him before the rooster crows in the morning. You will deny three times you will deny me that you even knew me. Peter burst into tears, ran off from the crowd, and wept bitterly. Now, I'm telling you right now at that moment, my friends, in his life that he was hurting everything that he loved, which was Jesus. He cherished. Jesus was gone through the tears, the heartache, the pain. He didn't even know how he would make it. It seems like this page of his life was the end, but in actuality, that page was getting ready to be turned because we know just about 50 some odd days later, he introduces the Holy Ghost. But even before that, when the angel is in the tomb of Jesus and he tells, run and tell his disciples, even Peter, that he is risen. He has gone ahead of you into Galilee and you will see him there just like he told you. Isn't it funny that Peter wasn't left out of go run and tell the disciples and Peter. See, Jesus wasn't through with this story, even though Peter in that moment thought his story was done. Then we turn around and see a couple of days before Peter thought it was all over, the denial of his best friend, his love, the one he took an ear off for and would have died for was gone. See, he thought his new life was over and that he would have to go back to doing what he was used to doing, what he used to know. My friends, I need you to say, but God, <laughs> but God, the angel wanted Peter in on this. This command came from Jesus to the angel and Peter to get his swag back, his confidence back, his boldness back, his love back, his heart back. Peter was back in business. He was back in the ball game because in Acts chapter 2, verses 37 through 41, says, deeply moved, they said to Peter and the other apostles, what do we need to do, brothers? Peter replied, repent, return to God, and each one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to have your sins removed. Then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Ghost, for God's promise of the Holy Ghost is for you and for your families, for those yet to be born, and for everyone whom the Lord God calls to himself. Now it says, Peter preached to them and warned them with these words, be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture of this world. Those those who believed that day the word that was spoken and preached. 
That day numbered 3,000. They were all baptized and added to the church. Can someone say, heck yes. That's what I'm talking about. He had a chance to throw in the towel and said, this is my story. It's all over. But God. See, Peter had to turn the page. He didn't like what had happened, but it wasn't over then. And you might have some stuff going on in your life where you just feel like, what is going on here? Where did this pain come from? Where is this torment? The addictions won't end. The pain won't end. The suffering won't end. Torments and things of the enemy. Is this my lot in life? And God says, no, turn the page. Just don't give up. See, there are many pages and chapters in our story, and there might be some that you don't want to read. You would just rather skip over But don't give up on your story, my friends, because I'm telling you, Jesus says says that it ends beautifully. See, let's give Jesus something to work with. Let's give him our faith and our words to line up with our faith, not words of death that give Satan authority in our life, but words of faith that give Jesus a right to write our story beautifully. See, the Bible says in Hebrews 3.1, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. See, listen, if Jesus has our words of faith, then he can write our story the way he wants to. But if we give our words of fear and death and destruction, if we give those words to Satan, we're giving him a chance to write our story. See, he doesn't have any authority over us unless he takes ours by us giving it to him, by our cooperation of speaking his language of death and destruction. How do I know that? Well, let's look at the word. You can argue with me, but if you argue with the word, that's just not right. You're not going to get anywhere. And Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, now you understand that I've imparted to you my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power that Satan possesses absolutely nothing will harm you as you walk in this authority. Now we're going to touch on some more. What about Matthew 28, 18? Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. What well, was given to him, it was given to Jesus and Matthew, but we just saw in Luke that he turned around and gave it to his disciples. He gave it to his believers. See, in Matthew, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then in Luke, Jesus imparts that authority to his church, the believers, to go and to get the same results that Jesus had been getting every single time. Now listen, if Jesus had all authority and then gave this all authority to the church, his believers, then how much did Satan get within, within all that? Absolutely nothing. Capital N-O-T-H-I-N-G, nothing. Matter of fact, Luke 10, 18, Jesus replied and said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. My friend, Satan has to try to deceive us into giving him our authority for him to do anything in our life. He does this by trying to put pressure on us and to get our words. He knows things were created by words, so that's what he's gonna try to get. We need to come into agreement with God's word over us and our life so that our story can be written by Jesus. When we agree with the words of Satan over us and on our lives, then he has the right of sickness and disease and death. See, we're establishing what we choose into our story. Sometimes we get confused about our story and what we're supposed to be doing to even live this story out. The enemy will come in and confuse the story. So 
we'll sit there and do nothing or we're waiting for something great to happen when in reality, we are the movers and the doers of the word. John 20, 21, Jesus said, peace to you. And he told them, just as the father sent me, I'm now sending you. I've heard of the minister, Bill Johnson. If you've never heard of him, check him out. He is the pastor of a church in Redding, California, Bethel Church. And you know, some people were asking some questions once and just said, I don't know what I need to do, Bill, with my life. Uh, Pastor, I just don't know what I need to do. You know, who am I supposed to marry? And he said, well, find out someone that you love and get him, get, get married. And while you're doing that, uh, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons and devils. Well, but I, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my job. What, what occupation, what job am I to do? And he goes, well, find one you like and while you're working it, heal the sick, raise the dead and cast out demons and devils. In other words, wherever you go and whatever you do in your story make sure that you're doing the great commission that is what you're called to do well i'm not a pastor yes you are well i'm not an evangelist yes you are but i'm not an apostle and a prophet and a teacher and but 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 quit making excuses you're a believer and as a believer you were qualified to show the world jesus who lives in you it's christ in you the hope of them getting into glory. Everywhere you go, invisible pulpits fall down, whether you're at the grocery store, your workplace, getting an oil change, pumping gas. It doesn't make a difference where you go, fill in the blank. But wherever you go, you are the Christ, the flesh and bone on this earth. 1 John 3, 8. It says the reason the son of God was revealed was to undo the works of the devil. Well, let me ask you this. Are you a son and are you a daughter of God? Well, of course I am, Nathan, but that was Jesus. No, Jesus was pointing himself out, but also pointing out of what you're supposed to be doing, undoing and destroying the works of the devil in people's bodies and in their life. See, if we want to see our story and if we want it to look like Jesus, he's our example. He showed us what to do. He went about doing good and healing all that were under the tiring of the devil, That is in Acts 10, 38. Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit with great power. He did wonderful things for others and divinely healed all who were under the tyranny of the devil for God had anointed him. Yeah, but Nathan, that's just, that was Jesus. Well, I'm glad you said that. We'll get into that in just a minute when it concerns us. This is the story of healing for your story. This is a story of healing for your body. 1 Peter 2, 24. He himself carried our sins in his body on the cross that we would be dead to sin and live for righteousness. Our instant healing flowed from his wounding. That needs to be your words and your story concerning health. That is it. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power love and self-control. My friends, you don't have a spirit of fear. God didn't give you that, but he gave you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Well, but, but there's depression and anxiety in my life. We'll turn the page and accept God's words over you, which he did not give you a spirit of, uh, of timidity or, or, or shyness or fear. He gave you the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind, not of anxiety, not of fear. What about 2 Corinthians 8, 9? For you are recognizing more clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his astonishing kindness, his generosity, his gracious favor, that though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich, abundantly blessed. 
my friends, I'm telling you, turn the page in your story if you don't like what's going on in your bank account. Watch your words. Don't speak what you see. Speak what you want. God said that he wanted you rich. I just read it. See, the author of your life wrote this about you for your health, your healing, your soundness of mind, you being blessed financially. So stop letting the enemy come in and write sickness and disease and death in your story. Stop letting him have the pen and write in your story of depression and fear and timidity. The only place the enemy belongs in your story is getting his butt kicked by the son of God that you are. Luke 10, 19, Jesus says, now you understand that I've imparted to you my authority to trample over his kingdom Well, my friends, we need to get busy doing that. See, the enemy will try to tell us that we do not have any authority to do anything to him. Our story should look just like Jesus when he comes to dealing with the enemy. He will try to convince us, my friends, to believe that we can do nothing when it comes to looking like Jesus or driving out sickness and disease. But I'm telling you right now, Jesus said, as you go preach this message, kingdoms, heaven's kingdom realm it is accessible it's close enough to touch because you're the one standing there it says you must continually bring healing to lepers and to those who are sick and make it your habit to break off demonic presence from people and raise the dead back to life for freely you've received the power of the the kingdom so i need you to freely release it to others See, the enemy will come in to try to convince you that you do not have the right equipment to do what Jesus did. Well, really? Huh. I see right here that says Matthew chapter 10, verses 9 through 10. Jesus said, don't think you have to put on a fundraising campaign before you start. You don't need a lot of equipment. It says you are the equipment. So, my friends, if he can convince you, the enemy, that you don't have what it takes, you're not good enough, who do you think you are? You've messed up too much in life. You think the disciples were doing everything great when Jesus came along? Here they are cussing and getting mad and having tempers and issues, and oh, wait, they weren't even born again. But God used them. Jesus used them mightily, and he wants to use you, and he wants your story to be great. My friends, Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 through 8. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out the demons. You've been treated generously, so live generously. See, don't believe the lie about your story that you won't make it. You're going to die. That sickness and disease will get you. People are dying all around you. You're next. The plagues are coming and on and on and on and on and on. Have you ever read Psalm 91 where it says that you protected from all the plagues? that there could be a 1,000 falling at one side and 10,000 at your own right hand, but it will not come near you. He will give his angels charge and watch over you. Won't you read the enemy that about your story? Because that's true. That's Psalm 91, 1 through 16. That's 1 through 16. My friends, Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, for I know the plans and the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and of well-being and not of disaster to give you a future and a hope. If you don't see that in your story right now, turn the page, just don't give up. I'm telling you, your story ends beautifully. See, he wrote a story about you. And in this story, you lack nothing. You're already complete and finished in him. And you're already completely forgiven of all time. You are enough and you are, my friends, filled with God. So don't let the enemy try to write something different in your story. 
Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 through 10, it says, For he is, who? For Jesus is the complete fullness of deity living in human form. It says, And our own completeness is now found in him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. My friends, you're complete. Your story is magnificent. Colossians 2, 12 through 14, For we've been buried with him into his baptism, into his death. Our baptism into death also means that we were raised with him when we believe in God's resurrection power, the power that raised him from death's realm. This realm of death describes our former state for we were been held in sin's grasp, but now we've been resurrected out of that realm of death never to return. For we are forever alive and forgiven of our sins. He canceled out our legal violation that we had on our record in the old arrest warrant. That stood and died us, he erased it all. Now listen to this. It says, our sins are stained soul. He deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved. Everything that we once were in Adam has been placed into his cross. Cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. My friends, everything that you were in Adam has been nailed there. Well, but I, no, no, uh-uh. the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that you are a new creation, a new creature, a new species, something that's never existed before. The old is done away with and the new has come. It's not going to get here. It already is here, my friends. It's in you. See, this is your story. And I just need you to do like that old country song says, this is my story and I'm sticking to it. My friends, your story is amazing. Don't let the enemy have any part in your story by giving him your authority, not his, no, your authority. Don't give him your authority by giving him your words. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, my friends. Thank you, my friends, for listening to the Anointed and the Appointed Podcast. Share this with your friends. Get this out there so they can know to turn the page and read the better part of their story. Until next time, I'm your host, Nathan Gasford. Thank you for tuning in.